Welcome to more about officership, an open and honest discussion about officership in Australia. As we move towards One Australia Territory, host Captain Matt Rees is joined by officers from across the country to discuss the challenges and rewards of being an officer today. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Candidates Podcast. We have two very special guests in the studio today. Uh, two cadets from the Catherine Booth College. We have Aaron Coombs and Karen Coombs, all the way from Adelaide. So welcome to both of you. Ooh, thank Thanks, you. And I know you've, you've been really looking forward to this uh, <laughs> opportunity to share. Um, well, first question we always ask people is just tell us about yourself. So Karen, why don't you go first? Just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you've come from, what's important to you. Okay. Um, so I'm from Adelaide. Um, been there my whole life. Uh, yeah, I know it's not so popular here to say that, but I'm still going right. to call it proud, you know. Uh, Adelaide Crows, we know this because you know who I barrack for. <laughs> yes, uh, I knew that that would come up and that's a little bit of a sore point, but, uh, right. you know, I'm still strong with my salvo colours, so <laughs> we'll just go with keeping that. Keeping the faith. Yeah, keeping the faith. Good. That's right. So you grew up in Adelaide? Yes, I uh, grew up in Adelaide. Uh Went to the renowned Park Corps, which then amalgamated with Kilkenny to become the Arndale Corps. Um, fairly heavily involved in the Salvos through, throughout life. My parents were always sort of leaders in some way in the Corps. Um, yeah, your dad's a songs leader at the Corps, isn't he? He is, yeah. Yes. And what did your been. mum do? Um, oh, mum it's... has done a few things. She was a timbrel leader for a while, a oh. long time ago. Did you find the timbrels? Um, I did. Good. Yes, I was one of those troubled left-handers that had to learn oh. right-handed. It was stressful times, but I, I The coped. struggle is real. It, yeah, it really was. Okay. Um, yeah, so fairly rich heritage there when it comes to living the Salvo life. Uh, yeah, pretty confident young kid, uh, quite out there and was often tagged the loudmouth and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Got fairly involved with calisthenics at a young age from about three to 15, I think, or 16 when I finished. Um, yeah, good times. Okay, good. Yeah. And you've got th- two kids. You two kids, kids, yes. Amelia, six, and Brody, three. Okay, yeah. good. Aaron, what about you? What's what's important to you? What Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're, you're an Adelaide, is that correct? I'm, yeah, from Adelaide pretty much my whole life, but Karen likes to tell the story that... Um, I've only just said that I come from Victoria since coming to Victoria, um, born in, uh, in Moorabbin actually um, and dedicated at the Bentley Corps. Okay, and then moved to Adelaide when you were just a wee lad? 18 months old, yeah. Okay. And work stuff, were, were you schooling basketball? I remember beating you at basketball a few times in Adelaide. That's not true, but no, I did play on the same team as you. Were we on the same team? We did one game. Oh, there we go. Um, anyway, uh, Sport, you played a lot of sport. Yes. And involved in the local core work life. What did you do for work? Uh, work, I've, I've done a few things, but how I finished up in Adelaide was in sales and estimation uh, for a Windows Doors manufacturing Which is company. where you work too, Karen? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, good. All right. Well, so how old are you guys? Do you mind me asking? I'm 31 years old and Karen is 33. Good. That's a good guess. You're, you're at... You're at the college, you're yeah. cadets at the college, so it's your first year, you've been here 10 months. Yes. Why are you here? Uh, well, the, the easy answer is to say we, I believe I've been called from God to come here and I believe that started around the age of 15. 
Um, and now, it was you, only now you free. actually have a really good story about this, don't you? When was it Vic Polk? Oh, well, that, was, that, uh, was that when you were 15 or was that earlier than no, that? No, that was earlier than that actually. T- tell that story because I reckon it's good for people who are encouragers to hear stories like this. Yeah, awesome. Um, it was at the Adelaide Showgrounds. We were having a uh, big congress type thing um, standing around in the foyer. Um, I don't think we were listening to the afternoon session with a bunch of blokes and Vic Polk, for whatever reason, he was out there and came up and stood in a circle amongst us, a bit of a sports huddle. Um and he looked around the circle and just basically said, I reckon some of you boys will be officers one day. So that was just one of those little moments that you can look back on and go, interesting. Did everyone say, oh, yes, sir, no worries? No, everybody uh, laughed at him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. That's fair enough. So you're here. Yes. You. So you said the easy answer is to say that you feel called yeah, by God correct. to be here. What, what's, what's the answer though? Uh, really, growing up with the Salvation Army, I've developed a real passion and a love for it. Um, both in the work they do socially as well as um, the whole aspect of mission, the idea of the spiritual as well as the social. Um, so we got to a point, or at least I got to a point, um, where the work that we were doing as well as the ministry that we were doing, we didn't feel like we are fully giving enough to the ministry aspect, um, but we'd already chalked out our, our days and our nights with everything that we were doing. And there was just this urgency that we should be doing more. Um, story goes, I was always saying no to the idea of officership when we had discussions about it. Um, but there was one point where, for whatever reason, um, the no stopped coming out and there was a let's let's consider this. Okay, Karen, tell us about that conversation where he got his act together, which you had, <laughs> you'd obviously, you're obviously a lot more advanced than he is. But, but you, you must have got to a point first where you thought actually... I feel a call to full-time ministry and maybe you said to Aaron, what do you think? And he said, no, 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 no. But at some point he must have said, actually, we we need to talk about this. Yeah, so um, it was it was a fair process for me as well. Um, probably a similar age, around 15. I was a pretty confident, like I said, um, young kid and that idea of officership was really appealing to me. Um, I even attended an um, officership info session where I was thinking, yeah, this is cool. Um, for whatever reason, I suppose at 15, you just sort of put things to the side and school decisions and things get in the way. Um, but I actually went through a fairly big process. Um, I think maybe that confidence um, needed to be knocked back a peg. And so um, I had a, it's I think fairly well known around people that I know that I went through um, an anxiety and depression um, time, which was probably a a good 10 years worth um, of change for me. It was, um, it was a really awful time. And from that confident kid, I became this very scared young woman um, and pretty much pulled out of everything that gave me life in leadership and involvement in the church. So yeah, it was kind of this really long process of um, self-finding again. Uh, And in this time, I think I went through this humbling process that um, really taught me about the importance of emptying of self and um, and the way that God needs to sort of sink in and you need to allow for that to happen. And so that was a really long um, process for me and I probably didn't even realise what was happening at the time. Um, and then through a bit of leadership that we got sort of almost thrown into or Crazily put our hands encouraged. into. Encouraged. <laughs> encouraged and maybe 
possibly put our hands up for without realising it, <laughs> um, this this fire sort of started to to come in and there was then this war between, no, 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 that's really scary, I can't do that because what if, you know, um, but also the fire that was in me that's saying, hang on, you've been doing this for too long, something needs to happen. Um, and I had an adult experience of, you know, the kid experience at, at um, camp where you make a decision oh. and everything changes. Cry night. Yeah, cry night. Yep. So I went to a youth camp uh, as a leader, as an adult. I was, what, 30 years old, going to this kids' camp where um, I felt hugely out of sync because I realised just how mature I am once you hang out with kids, even though you think you're immature and you think, wow, was I like that? Um, and I spent that whole camp crying. It was like I went there to look after kids and I was crying and um, what came out of that was you're fighting but you need to let it go and it's such a simple thing to hear but I wasn't doing it. So then, sorry, long time, long story, um, I came home a little bit hyper um, and Aaron knew something had been released in that, that way so that was when I said we're not doing enough, we need to go. I was a little bit full on. Um but it so, still so didn't when, come from me. When, when, when did all this happen? How long, how long ago are we talking? Like three years? Yeah. Three years maybe? Three okay. years. Year, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and then Aaron was the one that actually turned around and said, maybe we need to do this officership. And I was, uh-oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> We're in trouble because I knew straight away that that was it. So. Yeah. You were doing the dishes? I was in the kitchen. I was doing the dishes. Karen, I think, was watching some television. I mean, Something it's, it's like, pretty yeah. extreme how to get out of dishes. Oh, I didn't so, get out of them. I still okay. had to finish, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it after, but you, you can do the dishes. Oh, good. Karen, can I just come back to you for a minute? Um, that 10 years of, I, I don't know how, how you would describe that 10 years of sort of like pulling back and kind of rediscovering yourself. What, where was God in that? Was God present for you? Did you know he was with you during that time or was that just a really desert sort of experience for you? Uh, I would say it started as desert. Mm. Um, I think growing up in a really Christian um, environment makes you a little bit arrogant, I think, at times. And so I don't need to read that and I don't need to hear that because I'm like, I grew up in this stuff. I know what I'm doing. So I think there was a bit of that arrogance that needed to be stripped away. So my first reaction to suffering, if you want to call it that, was to blame God. Um, and so I had a lot of conversations with him about how I was angry and I was afraid, which in the end created this relationship with God that was closer than ever before because I turned to him because that's what I knew. Um, and that blame turned to, wow, I'm learning something about me here. It's not actually about me and I need to sit in this and it's ugly and it's uncomfortable. But what comes out of it then um, is something totally new. So, okay. Yeah. So, Aaron, this year you, you've you've come to college. Obviously, it's been a process of working through all that. You've left your hometown. Yes. Well, actually, returned to your hometown technically, <laughs> but you, you've left your hometown yep. uh, with um, Karen, obviously, and the, and the kids, and you're, you're here. What, yep. what what do you that, that sort of um, the urge to do ministry and that sort of you know, this calling, what, how do you feel now? Like you're 10 months into college um, and college isn't always an easy experience for people because depending on how you, you come at it, at it or where you come from and or the experience you bring into it, 
Um, and there's usually challenges associated with that because we learn a lot about ourselves and, a about, you know, with other people. What have, what, one, what have you learned about yourself? And two, what, what do you feel like as a family um, you've learned about each other? Uh, first, to not sugarcoat, it, it is tough. Like you come in and you do have preconceived ideas of what it might you might get when you get to college. Um, now, it was a really exciting prospect for us, um, for myself especially. Um, coming from what Karen saw, just touching on what Karen said a little bit, uh, really good junior soldier, just as good probably at core cadets, but then you do get that level of complacency growing up in faith, you could say. Um, so coming here... Um, yeah, it was definitely a humbling experience. There's a lot of self-discovery that you need to to undertake um, if you want to be like for me to be serious about it. Um, I realised that very quickly on. Um, what What have you learned about yourself this year? Wow, um, I think it's a real helpful thing to know that you you don't have all the answers. Like you do need that reliance on God, and you can't just fall back on your own devices, basically. It's very simple to fall back into old habits um, just to, to get away with doing things well. Um, but to do that and neglect God is, is it's just not right mm. is the simple answer. Yeah. Um, you really do need that working in tandem but having God at the forefront of everything you do. Karen, what have you learned about yourself this year? Uh I've learnt that uh, college can really bring out uh, your potentials and you can learn a lot about what you're passionate about, but it also um, can highlight your limits as well. And um, Your your limits or...? Yeah, like yeah, my okay. limits uh, as to, you know, where so maybe what, you, I need uh, to say it's enough, you know. Okay. Um, college definitely pushes you um, time-wise and academically, which is not my strong point at all. Mm. If you want to talk feelings, I'm there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but academics is not my thing. Um, so, yeah, it stretches you. It stretches you with time and add family into that and that's a, a bigger stress. So mm. I think going into college we heard, you know, our oh, college, you'll love it, you'll learn so much and the kids love it and it's just this fun time. Um it's not always the case. Yeah, we've loved our time here, but we've also not so much loved our time here too. Yeah. Oh, then that's good to yeah. be honest. Yeah. It's good to be honest. What, you, know, you guys went to, you did mission trips this just recently. Um, uh, did you go to Alice Springs? I did, yeah, so that's correct. What, what was that like for people? Like so people listen to the podcast, you know, exploring ministry or thinking about stuff and what, what is college experience. Um, there's obviously the stuff that happens on campus, but you, you went on a mission trip, you went to Alice Springs. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, the mission trip in itself was fantastic. Um, it was a great opportunity to get out again. Um, one of the biggest things of coming to college, being in one core for my whole life, was seeing a um, such a difference in the way that core life can be done and ministry um, in the Salvation Army. So Alice Springs was another dimension of that. Um, going did, in, did you go into the prison ministry as well? We did go. Uh, went to the prison ministry there as well. Okay. So we went to the open section as well as the uh, um, confined section, I'll refined. say. Yeah, re oh, <laughs> not refined. Confined. No, no, confined. So <laughs> the refined. There, there was bars between us. In the, you're, you're in the refined section the of the prison. <laughs> no. Her Majesty greets you. Yeah, That's okay. right. So, so we got an experience of, of both of those areas. But it, in that setting in itself, um, it was really amazing the, the openness that some of these – um, people within those facilities had, um, even in the fully confined one. Um, I think we did the most 
um, prayer, um, personal prayer with the inmates in the most confined areas um, than we did in more of the open areas as well. Um, they did have what you could perceive as like an openness to uh, hear and explore um, what we brought to them as mm. being something they might want to get involved with in their life. Yeah. Good. And you did ministry at the core as well? That's correct, yeah. So there's a lot yep. of Indigenous community. Uh, the, the, yeah. the core, I think, is it called the watering The water spot? hole. The water hole, yeah. Water, water, like a drop-in centre. Yep. Yeah. Um, we, we got to know one of the gentlemen there especially well called Terry um, and it was amazing just how much they really are like you. Um, this is an Aboriginal gentleman, Indigenous folk. Um, he was amazing. His warmth and the way they wanted to be relatable to you. Mm. Um, I've said a story a few times where I mentioned a fear of styrofoam. It may be weird, but of mine to him. And he sat there for like three minutes in quiet. I wasn't sure what happened with the conversation. Um, but the next second he, he just yelled out heights and then started reeling off all these things that related to me in the sense of fears for him. Um, we had a really okay. good in-depth conversation after was, that. When you told him that you had a fear of styrofoam, was his face pretty much just like mine when you said that? He was very confused. He, he, he laughed <laughs> so, at me. So, yes. Okay. Well, I didn't laugh. Yeah, yeah. I was good. I didn't laugh. No, okay. you were very polite. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, while you, while, so you went up to Alice for one week and, yes. Karen, you were went to Brunswick Core. Yes. Now, um, we a couple of episodes we chatted with Sally Mitchell who did the same sort of breakdown. Yeah. What were your experiences of that? Being in one place for that sort of week. Yeah. Uh, so obviously Brunswick's a very different style of uh, ministry. So a lot of uh, what really the magic happens during the week. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is magic because we get to, we got to sit and have breakfast and lunch a lot of the time uh, with the folk and to just sit there and have raw conversation with people who are just hungry for a relationship um, was just... So it was good for me as much as I'm sure it was good for them because you just relate in this completely raw space where they're just talking about them, their life and you're just talking about yours and you find the, the similarities and you can hear what they're saying and sometimes the things that come out of their mouths about, um, about God is just so profound and I don't think that I gave them enough credit for that. Um, but, yeah, just journeying with these people um, and then able to, I, I was able to um, preach on the Sunday and just sort of, yeah, relating to them through that week just sort of grew in me that passion for the missional side of ministry. So, yeah, it was good. Okay, so you guys are currently on placement at Camberwell with Major Heather Jenkins. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that because I recognise that you're from Arndale and you know everyone, everybody knows you. You go to a new core in a new state, no one knows you. Uh, all that sort of stuff. What, what's that been like in, in a ministry context of serving and learning in a place that no one knows you? Well, firstly, I should honestly give credit to Heather, uh, Major Heather Jenkins, because um, her leadership has been nothing but supportive um, and we've learned a lot from her, had some really great conversations around that. So instantly it was comfortable. Um, but then past Heather, um, e even though we may not be known in that setting, we very quickly either were identified um, through our past grandparents who are officers oh, or yeah. there's always a connection somewhere. Um, but they were just very warm in general. Um, so we felt a, a part of that community very quickly or 
it was a very positive environment to to walk into. And, and you do meeting leadership there, so you yep. you're involved during the week. Uh, yeah, the on, the, on the Fridays, it's only yeah. a single day. This And then um, sort of preaching and leading and other yes. other bits in the congregations mm-hmm. there. Okay, Karen, what's your experience been there? Yeah, similar. Uh, very welcoming, very warm, but, I mean, still that element of daunting. I mean, that's a yeah. it's a big haul if you've been yeah. to Camberwell and when you stand up on that platform for the first time, you think, wee, this is, this is serious now. Um, but in that, I think that it stretches you in the right way of um, just giving it a, a red hot crack, I think. And <laughs> and um, and the support though, like you see a lot of red epaulets out there in the Sea of Camberwell, um, but, but they're really supportive and they actually have good feedback because they've been there before. So yeah, yeah it, it stretches, but at the same time, it it's quite... So yeah, you learn a lot experience. about ministry, but you also get lots of feedback. Yeah, I'll lots just, of feedback. Just say yep. in the Salvation Army, you'll always get lots yeah. of feedback. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what would you say to someone similar to you guys, thinking about or recognizing there's a call on their life for ministry? What would you say to them if they're like, nah, I don't know, it might just be too hard? What would you would What would you say to them? I would say uh, you can ignore it, but it'll come back still. Um, it, when God would want something, he'll get it. Um, but that eventually I think you'll get to a point where nothing else will satisfy. And so, yeah, it's hard, but do you want it to be a fluffy life or do you want it to be a God-filled and um, worthy life? So, what, what was the hardest thing for you to give up to come to, uh, uh, to, to leave Adelaide to come to Melbourne? Uh, I think probably family and um, that support system, especially with young children, um, probably didn't realise the, um, the effect on the kids at such a young age that it would have because we, we had a very big support system, grandparents and that. So to come here knowing that we're fairly independent people but with children that adds another element, I think that you're going to have a, a lifelong sort of sacrifice in that, um, in that way. And security, you have to say that, like, we had an established lifestyle. We both had jobs and we owned our own home and all that sort of thing. So it wasn't it wasn't a terrible life, um, but none of that outweighs. So it, you've got to weigh up whether you want to do something that's in line with what God wants of your life or you want to sort of sit and, you know, be comfortable in, in your belongings. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Aaron. what would you say to people that... Um either considering coming into full-time ministry or, you know, they feel that call in their life or even if they're weighing up, you know, coming to college to train as Salvation Army officers, what would you say to them? Uh, the thing that stood out to me since um, coming as a cadet is the amount of people um, that I've had come up to me and talk about the regret of not doing it. Um, so like Karen said, there is the fact that it will, it will keep coming back. So from the time I was 15 to the point where, uh, had that discussion in the kitchen. Um, th- there was little moments which always d- drew my attention back to that 15-year-old moment um, for some reason. Um, but the amount of people that have have come up since accepting to be a cadet, furthering into officership, um, that have come up and said, look, I considered being, I feel I've had the call once in life, but I regret I didn't do anything about it. Uh, I think that spoke speaks volumes to me about... Um, some sense of the urgency of the call and willingness to just say yes um, and see where that will take you. So, 
we we recently just had the uh, candidates weekend in Melbourne, and uh, Commissioner Floyd was saying that you know sometimes people get called, uh, or you know there's this sort of prompting to to respond or something. But we often know the response that we need to make, but we don't know the answers. <laughs> so. You know, you feel the call. We have lots of questions and we don't know the answers to them, but we actually know the response that we should make. Yeah, and I think that, that's good. What are your hopes for the Salvation Army moving forward? Oh, look, I just I just want to see the holistic idea of the mission come to true fruition. Um, so we're not all hung up on one aspect of ministry in whether it just be uh, traditional worship or full social programming. Um, I think to really be effective in both bringing people to know Christ and then administering that love to them and showing that care to a world out there that's crying for it. Um, We need to work on that blend and really I just want to see that basically be lifted up. Okay, great. Karen, what about you? What's your hope for the Salvation Army moving forward? Uh, I think just to get real in your in your community, um, and that could be different for every core. Um, not every core is going to be modelled the same if they're truly immersed in their community. So I think uh, we should not be afraid to change things up if that's necessary, not just for the sake of change. Um, but, yeah, trying to work out how we can integrate um, community and mission uh, also in with um, ministry and church, but how we can actually incorporate that into a, a full community. So, yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, just to finish off, um, is there any question that you wished that I had asked you? Gee, that's always a hard question. Or is there any question that you're glad that I didn't ask you? <laughs> uh, who's the better team, Richmond or Adelaide? Well, we know the answer yeah. to that. What about you, Karen? Any <laughs> any, any final thoughts, closing comments? Just... Uh, yeah, if, if you're feeling prompted to ministry, don't be afraid of the idea of college. Yeah, it's it's not normal to be in this little um, community with people that you've never met before, but it's it's a enriching and a uh, stripping down of who you are, but you're only going to come out of it um, for the better and closer to God. So take the plunge and endure the, you know, the study and stuff like that because, uh you know, it, I often call it a roller coaster. You sort of, you think it's a good idea before you get on there. Then you're on there and you're like, get me out of here. This is a terrible idea. And then you get off the end and you think, oh, that, that was pretty good. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's the whole thing of, um, I like the roller coaster analogy. You're either at the top, at the bottom or yeah. through a flip. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I won't ask you where you're at. The, at the <laughs> All of them. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks very much for joining us. If you've got any questions or comments, leave them on the Facebook page. Um, And, uh, yeah, you going to say something? No? Thanks, Matt. Oh, you're (laughs) most welcome. Thanks, guys. Uh, Just a reminder to subscribe to the iTunes and um, questions, comments, leave them on the Facebook page. And if you've got any direct questions for Aaron and Karen, uh, pass them on or give them to me and I'll, I'll pass them on to them. So thanks, guys. Thanks very much. Thank you. Okay, bye. Thanks for joining us for more about Officership. You can join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash SA Candidates Australia. If you want to explore Officership further, please speak to your local core officer or candidate secretary. The Salvation Army needs more leaders. Is God asking for more of you?